You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Sorry about the weirdness of today's podcast. We got There's a video up on the YouTube channel. It is not this podcast. We don't have, this is an audio version only. Mostly because my internet just was not having it last night. I don't know what was going on. Could not get a good connection going. Did like one of those things where you shut down everything that has Wi-Fi in your house. And still, for some reason, got a bad signal with my interview with Chad Dotson. So that's coming up later on in today's podcast. Just audio only. There's no video. There's like a little bit of clip, just a preview on the YouTube channel. Plus, I give you four takeaways, four thoughts for the rest of the year that I pulled from this weekend series that is up on the YouTube channel. But right here, we're going to talk. I'm going to kind of break down the series and then look ahead at this pirate series as well. Briefly, before we get into my chat with Chad Dotson, because got a lot of good stuff with that, but thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you're finding me on your favorite podcasting app for the first time, make sure that you subscribe. I thank you so much for listening. And for those who do subscribe, thank you so much for being a subscriber and a follower and all this good stuff. We've, we've had a, uh, a season full of, uh, peaks and valleys, and it's been very interesting to say the least, but I'm here talking every single day about our favorite team, the Cincinnati Reds. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show. And if you had missed it yesterday, I got the chance to host extra innings after the Reds game on 700 WLW. I hosted that with Austin Elmer. We are going to be back again tonight after game one against the Reds and get for the Reds and Pirates. You can check that out on 700 WOW or 700 WOW on the iHeartRadio app on your phone. All right. Um, real quick, let's wrap this series because it's eight straight series now that the Reds have lost. And I said before the series started, whenever we talked with Jeff Snyder about how it was going to look, I just didn't want the Reds to get swept. I understood that the Dodgers were coming in super hot. They've played amazing baseball all year long. We're talking about a team that is easily going to win over a hundred games and yet they're still trying to figure out how to overcome the Giants for their division lead. So they're playing good baseball, and they're playing hard. They're playing passionate. They're playing with everything that they've got. Meanwhile, the Reds are reeling. They lost seven straight series coming into the Dodgers series, and they just hadn't figured things out. It's like they forgot how to play a complete game of baseball more than one time during a series. So what were we going to get out of the Reds? Hopefully at least one win out of three. We got that on Friday night thanks to an amazing performance by Luis Castillo. And I talk about this on the YouTube video, how I was wrong to call him just okay because he plays up to his competition. That was amazing to see how he dominated the Dodgers lineup. But then they fell on Saturday. They just got dominated kind of how I was afraid was going to happen by Max Scherzer. And then on Sunday, they couldn't hit Clayton Kershaw. Now, it's been that way all year. They haven't been able to hit a pitcher with you know who throws with his left hand, but Clayton Kershaw specifically, one of the best pitchers that there's ever been, just did whatever he wanted. His location was on point. 
if he wanted to put his slider or his curveball or his cutter low and in in the strike zone, he did. If he wanted to throw a backdoor breaking ball, he did. He was getting strike calls. He was getting swings and misses. Guys didn't know what to do with it. But then the bullpen came in. And yes, Wade Miley had a terrible day. Another, and that was another thing I talked about on the YouTube video, is what we can expect from him moving forward. But he gave up six runs before the end of the third inning. And because of that, that put the Reds behind the eight ball. But they came back. They fought back once the Dodgers got into their bullpen. They had a pitch count, inning count limit on Clayton Kershaw for that day. So it was always going to be a situation where he wasn't going to pitch for very long. So once they got into that bullpen, they started doing damage. He had the first career home run from TJ Friedel, which we will talk about later on with Chad Dotson. You had a bunch of guys getting some timely hits and really getting it going. And in the eighth inning, they had a shot. They had a shot to come back. Tyler Stevenson at the plate, tying run, just couldn't quite get the job done in that instance. And then Jeff Hoffman in the ninth inning took the two-run deficit and made it a four-run deficit. Now, I, I, I get it. You're pitching a guy, you're pitching Jeff Hoffman in that situation because you don't have the lead. You're not trying to get into your A arms of the bullpen, but that felt like a situation where they should have at least had somebody getting ready behind Jeff Hoffman because the bullpen to that point was amazing. You had Art Warren, Justin Wilson, and Tony Santian just pitching inspired baseball, looking very good doing it, shutting down this Dodgers lineup. And then Jeff Hoffman came in without his best stuff. And it just threw everything out of whack. So yes, I had low expectations for the day, but it felt like there for a minute, the Reds had a chance to come back and they kind of blew that. So now they put themselves behind the eight ball. They pretty much can't lose the rest of this week. They've got seven games, three against the pirates, four against the nationals. And they pretty much got it at least at minimum go six and one. If they go five and two, we might be talking about some tough times and what the rest of the season is going to look like because they are multiple game, multiple games behind the St. Louis Cardinals for that second wildcard spot three to be exact. All right, coming up, I got a chat with Chad Dotson that's going to blow your mind. Before we get into that, though, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's DirecTV Stream, where you can find more about it at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And Reds fans, I've got an amazing, incredible app everyone who buys gasoline needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. 
Use promo code BASEBALL and get bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code BASEBALL after you download the GetUpside app. All right, so we kind of broke down this weekend and we talked about how the Reds and the Dodgers fared against each other and obviously the Dodgers winning the series and the Reds losing their eighth straight. I want to kind of pivot a little bit and there there was a bigger news story than just the wins and losses and what's been going on in the field and I figured to do that we would bring in our friend Chad Dotson. He is the host of the Red Leg Nation podcast and first off, Chad, how you doing? Oh, doing great. Happy to be back with you, Jeff. It's great to have you back, Chad. And, and, you know, before this news dropped on Friday, I was even thinking about having you on because it's been a while uh, since we talked and wanted to talk about this team. And we're going to get into the idea of the Reds contending and being a playoff team and things like that. But I wanted to start with the big news. I, I don't know how many people understand the magnitude of this news. On Friday, the fact that the Reds won the game was nice, but that was almost secondary to the announcement of Kyle Bodie, CJ Gilman, and Eric Lee, all key members and leaders of the Reds player development system. Well, Eric Lee was back in July, but Kyle Bodie and CJ Gilman on Friday announced that they were no longer working with the Reds. There was a difference in opinion, and for some reason, the Reds decided that they wanted to go in a different way than what Kyle Bodie was wanting to do, and Kyle Bodie basically announced that he would no longer be part of this. He's not going to continue working with this Reds organization. Chad, what was your reaction to all of this? Well, you know, I I'm not sure that the, you know, I guess the average fan or whatever, I'm a pretty average fan, but, uh, I'm not sure people really understand how, you know, uh, mind blowing, how, uh, it's like an earthquake in the Reds ecosystem. Basically you have the Reds minor league pitching coordinator an extremely well-respected guy across baseball. And also the Reds minor league hitting coordinator on the very same day quitting and putting the organization, the Reds organization, on blast publicly. Uh, and it this is something that does, doesn't happen in uh, in big league baseball. You don't see this ever. And it's a real indication of what I've always, uh, I've been talking recently about this kind of dysfunctional nature of the Reds' uh, ownership and management right now. And it, it, it just, it, blo- it blows me away. Because this is the, one of the areas where the Reds had made serious progress in the last two, three years, you know, Dick Williams just absolutely revitalized the minor league uh, player development system. And it was starting to show real results. The Reds, the minor league, uh, you know, the, the, the ratings for the minor league system have gone way up from, from baseball America, from everywhere. Yeah. Top 10 now, uh, basically uh, eighth or so, you know, uh, from, from the bottom, you know, bottom, 
bottom five or 10 before these guys took over. And uh, just the, the, the whole idea that the organization is quote unquote going in a different direction is completely ludicrous. And to me, it's another example of the complete mismanagement of this team from the Castellini family. And it's why they have to go. I mean, uh, they just, they're not going to listen to me, but well, they got to go. <laughs> Period. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to listen to me either. But uh, <laughs> I think that their whole message, whenever they became the owners way back when, that they were going to bring competitive baseball back to the city. I, I just don't buy it anymore. It, it seems intuitive at this point that they run the organization to firstly balance their books. And then if it's feasible, bring competitive baseball to Cincinnati. And, and when I look at this news, it's just absolutely hilarious because it, it reminds me of something. You guys had a great podcast, you and Doug Gray, and this was even before the news of, uh, you know, the entire development staff leaving in which you made the point, or, well, Doug made the point, that they're kind of managing scare. They, they've brought up these players. They're giving all this playing time to these different players that don't have any business being in a pennant race <laughs> or, you know, I mean, wild card, maybe wild card pennant race. I don't know. They, maybe they should give wild card pennants out. <clears throat> anyway, um, but, but, but looking at all of this, and it just – is hilarious that now that they have decided they're going in a different direction. That that makes no sense to me because even Travis Sawchick, author of The MVP Machine, if you don't know what The MVP Machine is, it's an amazing book that details the renaissance and player development in all of Major League Baseball, and it talks about how guys like Justin Turner have revived their career with different thinking and training. And it even talks about former Red Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer. He was featured in that book. Not going to get into all that. That's a whole different podcast, but I, I just think it's weird that the organization would go in a different direction because I've even talked with like Rob Wooten about how excited guys are, the pitching coach for the Chattanooga Lookouts, how excited guys are when they come into the system because they're going to get to work with Kyle Bodie. And now that's not going to happen because why? I, I just, I do not understand what is happening here. Yeah. I mean, around baseball, the Reds had, <laughs> it's crazy to, for me to kind of conceptualize this because for so many years, the Reds have been at the bottom of the, the the heap when it comes to, you know, kind of thinking outside the box and um, and being a team, being a, an organization that other organizations look to as kind of a model in some ways. And they had actually started to become that in, in the in the player development arena. And it just blows my mind that instead of staying the course that, uh, you know, Dick Williams had set when, when hiring these guys, that they're going to uh, go a different direction. And, you know, some of it is, uh, as money, right. Some of it is, uh, as slashing payroll. I've, I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard some people who might have reason to know, say that the player development budget is getting ready to get slashed. Um, some of it's just clearly not understanding what exactly these guys brought to the organization. And I think Derek Johnson's, I would not be surprised if he's next out the door um, because there will, there will be organizations that value what uh, Derek Johnson as the pitching Reds pitching coach brings to the organization. And it's, it's really, it's really frustrating it, it, as, as a longtime fan of the Reds. I, you know, I can't really say that they're in a, uh, that there's much hope in the next few years. And that hurts me to say, because this is my team for, I, I've been writing about this team since 2005 podcasting since 2007, you know, um, 
eight last eight years I've been writing a weekly column about them for Cincinnati magazine. I mean, you know, I care about this team and, and I write about the team from the fans' perspective. And I don't think I can pretend that the fans should have a lot to be excited about going forward. And just that hurts me personally, but it's uh, unfortunately where we are right now. Right. And I mean, you, you are the original podcast, right? I mean, okay. So maybe not the original, but, but the original reds podcast, you brought this idea into reds and now you're, you're looking at this and, and you're being forced to just re you're, you're, you're calling me old. You're calling me old, Jeff. And I don't <laughs> no, appreciate that. No, 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 not, not old. Like more like, uh, you're like the original gangster. You're, you're like the OG, <laughs> yeah, right? That, that's what that's, that, all right. <laughs> that's what that means. Right. Yeah. OG. I pretend like I know what that means, whatever. Um, but, but it's disheartening. I, I think we can tie this into one little package with a bow. And that is whatever Dick Williams built. Whenever he was here, they have set out to destroy ever since he's left. It, it, it makes no sense to me because Dick Williams saw these things as elementary things required for a team to compete and be a winning baseball team. And it's like he had to fight for every single one of them, basic things to help you build a winning franchise. And maybe that's why he left. He, he didn't want to deal with fighting for obvious things anymore. And now you look at this and. You say, okay, as a fan, we get beat over the head with the fact that this is a small market team. They're not going to sign big free agents. They're not going to trade for big contracts. That's just not going to happen. Okay, fine, but you got to draft and develop then if you're not going to do the one thing. And now they're telling us they're not going to do that either because they're not spending money on the development side of things. I, I just, it's like they bought a car with no wheels and no gas and said they're not going to replace either. And I don't know about you, but I'm not Fred Flintstone. <laughs> well, the most frustrating thing to me is that, yeah, they're going to go back to the dark ages. Uh, that's, that's, that's where they're headed. But it's one thing if it's just, you know, um, Okay, Reds being the Reds. But what we have is a really fun team. And a team where if you could just plug the holes, you've got some guys in the minor leagues coming through, and if we'd have stayed the course with our player development system, they're going to continue to come through. And then you got a big league team that's about 18 or 20 players that are really fun and really good. And so you start plugging some holes in for next year, and then you can see how this team could be a legitimate contender. And instead of that, ownership has decided that, well, that's going to cost us a lot of money. And it's just not worth it. And the fact of the matter is, it, from their perspective, if, if money is the, the goal, it's not worth it. They can make lots of money without putting a, a good team on the field. I wrote, a, I wrote a piece for Cincinnati Magazine a couple months ago, uh, and the, 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 I think the headline was, Why the Reds Don't Love You Back. We love the Reds, but they don't love us back. And they don't have to because they can make money whether they put a winning team on the field or not. And so uh, the Castellinis had just don't see have any urgency to put a winning team on the field because why should they they're making money anyway and uh it makes me want to go and just uh, you know become a uh, start a podcast about european soccer or something i don't know uh, i it, it really frustrates me it really does i i think i like that analogy better because i made the analogy on extra innings and by the way i got the chance to host sunday's extra innings and i'm hosting tonight so after the game one against the pirates i'll be hosting extra innings with austin elmore and i made the analogy like reds management it's like that scene in Tommy boy, whenever Chris Farley was explaining how he always messes up sales and he's, he's doing all this and he's like trying to show a metaphor and he sets the 
got the thing on the guy's desk on fire. That's how Reds management was. They were close to contention. They saw it coming, and, and then it's like all of a sudden they, they're trying to do this, and they're trying to do this, and then all of a sudden everything's on fire. But I like that analogy better. It's it's like that person that you had a crush on. They know that you have a crush on them, so they're just going to take advantage of that because they don't feel the same way back. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they know you're going to keep coming to the park. They know you're going to keep buying Red's gear, uh, which is why I made my little personal boycott of Bob Cassini this year. I've not been to a Great American Ballpark uh, this season, um, and it's been a long time since I didn't do that. I'm, not gonna, I'm probably not going to do that until he sells the team. I, because I can't justify giving him my dollars because he's taking advantage of the fact that I love the Cincinnati Reds and he does not want to justify that love by putting a good product on the field. And, uh, and it's not just him. It's just, uh, you know, it's Phil Castellini. Now he's moving into the baseball ops uh, department and uh, I'm telling you, it's, I wish it weren't true because I love this team. It's about to get really ugly for the Reds. I'm afraid. And it's a shame because they're such a fun team. They're I mean, they're frustrated right now, but they got such a fun team right now that sh- this should have been a great season that we all could have enjoyed. And we have to an extent, but it's just, oh, it hurts me. Uh, it's, it's definitely, it's been fun, but it's, it's also here lately. It's been definitely been a collapse. And, and I want to get into that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, I wanted to let you know about Built Bar. I've been talking about Built Bar forever. Built Bar's not going to let you down because it's an amazing tasting protein bar. Tastes just like a candy bar, and it's made with 100% real chocolate, but the statistics are amazing. We're talking about 120 to 130 calories. We've got four grams of sugar and fat or less, and up to 18 grams of protein just in one bar. And they've got amazing flavors too, like Cherry Barcia, my favorite. They've got peanut butter brownie, mint chocolate brownie. There's coconut, tastes exactly like a Mounds Bar, Chad. No, I'm serious about that. And then you add in the fact that it's all healthy for you, you got to check it out today. That's at built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. You can get a mixed box with all of the flavors. You can get a mixed box with three flavors, but more bars per flavor, or you can simply get one box with your favorite flavor in it. And you can use that promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off that order. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. All right, so playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Uh, this Reds team, I, I kind of look back on August 27th. I marked that date because at that point, I, I felt like that's when this whole degradation started. At that point, there were 12 games over 500, and it felt like the playoffs were a foregone conclusion. We were talking about who's going to start the wild card game, how they were going to manage all of that, you know, just different things like that. And now we're just hoping they can get in the door. It's like we're not even worried about what we're bringing to the party. We're just hoping we can make it up the stairs to the door at this point. How do you feel about all that? Well, you know, it's been a collapse and they're not out of it. They're still a shot here. They, they got to start winning some games. Uh, you know, they lost eight, eight consecutive series. Uh, the thing that keeps coming back to me is that well, okay, the Reds always break your heart. That's been our history with this team. We, we, you kind of in the back of your mind knew they were going to break your heart. It's but like it, the crush the whole, that doesn't love you back. Exactly. But the only way it could have been worse th- than just the Reds breaking your heart like they always do is if the stupid Cardinals <laughs> oh, yes. win the wild card instead of the Reds. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, 
give me the Padres. Let the Padres win it, you know, if it's if it can't be the Reds. Anybody but the stupid Cardinals. And so that just makes it hurt even more. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, the, the team is never as good as they are uh, when at their best. And they're never as bad as they are when they look look their worst. I mean, this team is better than they're playing recently. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Their injuries have hurt and strange decisions by uh, management and in terms of how to construct the roster have hurt. It's just it's not a team that's uh, that's fully committed to putting the best twenty six guys on the major league roster and then playing them every day. Um, so it's it's a, it's a dysfunctional organization. I, I, I always say they remind me of like a really bad. 11 new travel, uh, travel baseball team. They just, you know, you got to play the coach's kid, uh, in center field. And, you know, you gotta, it's just, I don't know. They're not doing everything they can to win. They're not all in to win. And it's just, it, again, that comes back to some of the dysfunction with the organization, but, uh, but still they're fun. They still, they still have a chance. And I, I so I want to watch every day because how often do we get the chance to see our team have a shot at the playoffs? We're, meaningful games in September is a real, it's a real thing. And so, I don't know. I'm still crossing my fingers, uh, but I'm not particularly hopeful at this point. I, I agree with you uh, on the optimism side of things because it, it's been weird that the Reds have just scuffled the way that they've had, but they've got the Pirates and the Nationals to figure this out against. I feel like they've got a good shot, but then I look at the uh, Dodger or the Padres and I'm like, well, they got the Dodgers and the and the Giants to play against. I, I I feel pretty good about that, but the Cardinals have a lot of games against the Brewers and Cubs. And say what you will about the Cubs, but the Brewers, I'm not so sure about. They they kind of clinched everything. And, and I know this isn't like years past where you can just throw a hundred minor leaguers out there and not play your starters and get them some rest. But on the other end of this, like if Corbin Burns is pitching five shutout innings, are they really going to stretch him for two more in this situation? I, I, or you know, is every save situation going to have Josh Hader pitching for the Brewers? Are they going to only do that once every couple of days? I, I just think that the Brewers aren't in that competitive daily mindset now that they've kind of clinched everything. Plus, you've got the Phillies with a pretty easy schedule as well, so. While the Reds do have an easy schedule, I kind of feel like the teams that they are trying to fight against also have an easy schedule. So that makes what happened yesterday. I know that the series itself wasn't terrible, but the whole idea they could have come back against the Dodgers on Sunday and you had an opportunity with the time run at the plate and Tyler Stevenson, but he was facing a right-handed pitcher and you had Joey Votto on the bench. It's probably a crazy thought process to even think about pinch hitting for Tyler Stevenson, but I thought in that moment it would have been good. And then, of course, Joey Votto makes that thought process even crazier when he hits a solo home run in the ninth. And, of course, by that point, it was a moot point because he had Jeff Hoffman blow the lead. Well, not the, blow the de the close deficit. Uh, can you blow a close deficit? <laughs> I think they did. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, at that point, I don't know. Am, am I crazy? Am I crazy for thinking that they should have pinch hit Joey Votto? I think that a manager who was managing with a sense of urgency would have had Joey Votto in there. Okay. Um, and I've not seen a whole lot of urgency out of uh, out of David Bell in this stretch run, frankly. Um, and I love Tyler Stevenson. I mean, I'm, a, I'm as big a Tyler Stevenson fan as you're going to find. I think he's he's a future all-star. I think he'll make more all-star teams in the next uh, 10, 15 years than any other player on this roster. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the things, and Dusty Baker back in the day, he had his faults, but he also was had he was better in some ways than a lot of us gave him credit for, inclu including me. Uh, but, but the biggest 
criticism I had of Dusty Baker was that he managed every game in October like it was a game in the middle of July. And I'm seeing a little bit, a bit of that from David Bell uh, this this uh, September. He's really not showing much of an urgency in terms of how he's managing his team. He's trying to get players in the game like you would in 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 you know March or April, May, Ju- June, July. And, and and it's not it's not there. We're in a not a pennant race, but a playoff race. And you just you have to take those advantages when you can get them. I mean, you know, pitching Brad Brock in a in a, a a tight spot before they cut bait on him finally with his six point, whatever ERA. Um, it's just, uh, that's been, and, and I don't, you know, I think, I think David Bell is by and large, uh, uh, he's a mediocre manager. He's average. He's not bad. He's not really, I don't think there's anything to say he's a great manager, but he's not a bad manager. We've had way, way, way worse. If you want to go back to the Jerry Narens and the Bob Boones and the Ray Knights of the world, but, uh, but he's not shown any, urgency down the stretch. And I think it's cost the Reds. I think it's cost them some games that they needed. And uh, I don't know how you defend uh, David Bell's performance. Not that it's all his fault, but I don't know how you defend his performance. That kind of brings me to my next question. And I asked this in the guise of what would you do? Because I know that the people that are actually making decisions are doing their own thing and whatever that is, we're not sure. But if you were making the decision on whether or not to bring back David Bell, and he's got a contract option, a team option, so it's just flip a switch and he's back. But if you were making that decision, would you bring David Bell back for next year? I think I would, um, even though I have serious reservations about David Bell. Uh, but the reason is just because I've seen that uh, you can do way worse than David Bell. And I think most of the managers that the Reds have had since, uh, you know, since David Johnson in the mid-90s, I think most of them have been worse than David Bell. He's not great. He's not a great manager. He does dumb stuff all the time. He really frustrates me. But goodness, if you live through the Bob Boone era or the Jerry Naren era, uh, or even the Brian Price era era, uh, directly before uh, David Bell, you can kind of see at least David Bell is open to some of the advanced analytics. Um, Although that may be why they don't bring him back because the Reds are going a different direction. And I I would not be surprised at all if they let David Bell walk and Barry Larkin is your next manager. Because listening to Barry Larkin on the broadcast this year, and I, Larkin is my favorite player. Well, he's up there with Adam Dunn anyway, but those are my favorite players ever. Um, he's an old school kind of anti-analytic guy just from listening to him on the broadcast. And if he's the next manager, oh, he's still my favorite player. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I, based on what we've heard from the different broadcasts of him with John Sadak, look at, I will always love him as a player, but I think we need to keep him at the player hero level status in our mind and not explore any sort of further option with what he can do for this organization. Because, yeah, and thinking about David Bell, I would bring him back. And it's interesting because earlier on in the season, whenever you had fans that were mad about a loss and they were clamoring for them to fire David Bell and move on to a different manager, the talking point was always, well, they're just going to hire somebody just like David Bell. But now with the way that things have moved here recently and the dismissal of the development staff and things like that, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if they're not going to move on from David Bell and then bring in some dude that it's like, okay, Bob Castellini has decided we're going to win games in 1993. Now the problem is it's 2021 and the 29 other teams have figured out how to win at this point in 
the history of this game of baseball. And to go backwards makes no sense. And I just, I, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see them. It's like Bob Castellini has listened to some of the callers on extra innings and Bob's like, you know what? We should do more of that bunting thing. Yeah. Why don't you guys teach? Yeah, we'll teach that more. We'll do that. Ugh. That's what worries me, uh, frankly, is because bringing Barry Larkin as the manager is going to be a huge public relations boost. The average fan will love it. They'll absolutely love it. And um, again, I don't have anything bad to say about Barry Larkin. Uh, I, I love that guy. Um, he's he's literally uh, probably my favorite player uh, that's ever played for this uh, organization. Uh, but the average fan wants more of that small ball. And I'll be honest with you, as a, as a just a fan of the sport, this current way that baseball is played is not that aesthetically pleasing to me. I don't I don't love the home runner strikeout. Uh, you know, and, and the way that there's no singles or doubles anymore. I don't love it, but that's the way to win these days. And, uh, you know, um, if you want to listen to what's, uh, what's, you know, what makes the fans happy, you're going to be in trouble because I mean, you know, Castellini uh, stuck his nose in and, and didn't let the Reds trade uh, Billy Hamilton, for example, for some really good players that were on the, on the table uh, during that time. It's, it's all because he thinks, what's the season? What are the season ticket holders going to think? And now it's Phil Castellani doing the same stuff. So, oh my goodness. I'm trying to be optimistic, Jeff, and you keep taking me down the road where I'm getting uh, upset with this team. Well, 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 we can end this. And, and I, I appreciate your time so much, Chad. I appreciate you coming on and talking some Reds baseball with me. And I want to end it on a positive note because this story was also in my mind all weekend long. And it was TJ Friedel, his first career hit, which was a home run off of Tony Gonsolin in the sixth inning, an amazing laser shot, but it didn't stop there. The fan that caught it, Mookie Betts, asked him for the ball. Mookie Betts cared to get the ball for TJ Friedel so that he could have his first career hit and his first career home run to kind of put up on his mantle. Mookie Betts cared about that, but it didn't stop there. Mookie Betts then brought a signed bat, really cool looking bat, like silver blue signature is pretty awesome looking, brings this bat out to the fan who caught the ball, but it doesn't stop there. The fan then finds a little kid with a Mookie Betts jersey and gives him the bat. Like, uh, this is the most amazing. I, I love this. This is the best thing about baseball. And the fact that it happened, it just made me think of that Billy Bean, or, you know, Brad Pitt as Billy Bean from Moneyball. One of my favorite quotes, how can you not be romantic about baseball? I I, I absolutely love this. Yeah, that was, you know, that's that's a, a great example of, of what is right about this game. You know, first of all, you get uh, from the perspective of T.J. Friedel. This guy finally gets to play, play in the big leagues. You know, um, he he uh, had this crazy draft story where everybody forgot that he was eligible to be drafted. So he didn't get drafted, and the Reds signed him, which is crazy. And now he's in the big leagues. He finally gets that call to the big leagues, and his family's there. And you know, his first big league hit is a home run. So that's right there. That's amazing. Um, and so you know, you think you get your first big league uh, hit, and you get the ball, and you get to put it on your your mantle, or whatever. Okay, that's that's a that's great. But in this situation. One of the big time superstars in the game goes out of his way. And I've been a Mookie nice. Betts fan forever. I mean, he's he's a legit dude in addition to being a great player. But he goes out of his way to try to make sure that TJ Friedel enjoys that moment even more. And uh and just and he didn't have to do that. He had no, there was no reason he had to do that. No. Uh, you know, they're on the road, they're at the uh, 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 sort of an enemy ballpark, and right. 
Um, but he does it. And then, yeah, the icing on the cake. So, yeah, I think about it from Friedel's perspective. Then I think, And so I'm happy for him. I think about it from Mookie Betts' perspective, and it just makes me admire him even more. But then the guy who goes and gets that signed bat for Mookie Betts and gives it to a kid at Great American Ballpark in a Mookie Betts jersey. And that kid will never forget it. He's going to probably love baseball as as, as long as he's, uh, you know. Yeah, and, and it's just those are the things that have – kind of attached us to baseball. Those are the things that baseball can bring that really not many other uh, sports can bring because of, the, of its connection to this, this country. And um, I fear we're losing that in the Cincinnati area. And so it's nice to see, you know, kind of a, a reminder of, of the, how special this game is. Yeah. And it's worth noting that it was a Reds fan that caught the ball. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, a right. Dodgers fan that was going to just catch the ball and give it to him. No, no, no. This was a Reds fan that caught the ball and decided freely to just give it up. And, and it just shows the awesomeness of Mookie bats because he didn't know, he didn't know he was given a signed bat to a Reds fan that was going to give it to a Dodgers fan. He was just giving them a signed bat. I mean, Mookie bats just looks so awesome in this story. And it's right. not like, you know, Mookie bats knows the story of TJ Friedel. He was just doing this for another player. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's not like he's up on the minor leagues when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, although, you know, maybe, maybe he reads redsminorleagues.com and he knows Doug and their friends or something like that. But I, I just love everything about this story and the way that it all came. That's it's you're right. It's yeah, the absolutely. It, it's absolutely. the essence. And I am romantic about it, which is why I want the Reds to be better at it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Let's, let's figure this out. Well, Chad, I thank you so much for coming on today and talking some Reds baseball with me. He is Chad Dotson. You can follow the red leg nation radio podcast, which you probably already do because it's awesome. And it's, it's been so awesome for so long, but you can follow it wherever you get your podcast and you can follow him at Dotson C on Twitter. Again, you probably already do, but Hey, just shouting it out. Uh, Chad, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Guaranteed. Appreciate you inviting me on again, Jeff. I really do appreciate it. I always love talking to you. Love what you're doing here. Keep it up, man. And with that, it's time to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Again, Thank we'll you. be back on YouTube tomorrow because uh, the internet was acting all weird. Sorry about that. Make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you're following the podcast right here on your favorite podcast platform. But for now. That'll do it for us today. We're playing against the Pirates tonight, Reds and Pirates. Dylan Peters going up against Goody, Vladimir Gutierrez, on the mound. We'll recap that and more on tomorrow's Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks again for listening today. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>